0: Welcome to the ATG Podcast. I'm Julie Davies, your host, and every week I will be sharing with you love, hope, and faith to bring comfort and healing to those who are suffering. In season one, we're gonna be talking all about marriage. And in our Marriage Matters series, we will offer you connection, community, and comfort. We will teach you biblical principles of marriage, offer insights, wisdom, practical tools, and we'll also be interviewing some amazing guests that I'm so excited for you to hear from their powerful stories that will bring inspiration from their own marriages. So I pray that you would be blessed by this podcast and that it would draw you closer to Jesus. Last week on the ATG podcast, we were talking all about marriage again with Gerard and Jeannie Long as we continued the Marriage Matters series. They shared with us all about the cornerstone of a happy marriage and they were talking with us about the second principle and biblical foundation for marriage, which is to love Jesus with all your heart and to keep him at the center and to continue to lay down your life for each other. They talked about Um, the four types of love of the Bible, and that the most important is God's love, which is agape love, and that it's unconditional love that is self-sacrificial, and it's a love that continues to love even when rejected. And so they offered so many insights and wisdom. That was amazing. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that episode. And I'm excited for this week's episode. Um, We are going to be doing something a little bit differently for having our Marriage Matters guest interview. Uh, This week, the surprise is that um, I'm going to be interviewing uh, uh, my husband, Mark Davies, and um, I'm gonna be (laughs) hosting the interview and also being being an interviewee um, and answering some of the questions as well. So it's a little bit unique thing, but um, I thought it would be important for Um, all of you that have been listening in these last uh, few weeks that you could hear um, my story, our story of our marriage. And um, we're excited to share um, some of the wisdom we've learned along our journey. And so we have been married. Oh, so let me introduce you. This is Mark Davies. Hello. (laughs) Thank you for for having me here. Yeah. Thank you for coming on and being willing to be one of my uh, marriage couple guests. So I'm
1: happy to be here.
0: I'm happy that I'm the other one, other person of that. So
1: <laughs> thank you for being here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks. So uh, we have been married for almost 16 years. We will celebrate our 16th wedding anniversary on September 1st. And we have been together 17 years. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, 17, yeah. we thought we would first kind of start with our dating journey. Um, and our story of coming together and how God brought us together. So do you want to start us off with our story? Yeah,
1: sure. So Julie and I met, um, we, we were both going to a church and I had, we had met each other briefly, um, maybe once or twice. And I, I forgot her name was Julie. I thought it was Julia. So, I mean, that, that's how much of a connection we had. We, we, we had just really passing connections um but one day I, I saw her in the church and at the time i was working at, a, at a, a pretty large church in california and it was a friday night and usually on friday nights there's nothing really going on at a church and so the earlier that i could kind of get everything kind of buttoned up and locked up i could leave and uh i walked into the main sanctuary that overlooked this beautiful valley over southern california big huge window um one of my favorite views in all of the city uh I walked in and, and, and there was a small figure in front of a cross that was at, at, near the, the, kind of the stage area in the sanctuary. And I didn't know at the time that it was Julie, but um, I was ready to kind of make some noise or do something that would, that would kind of indicate that we're closing. And in that moment, immediately, this is, this is really how our relationship started. Not an audible voice and it wasn't something that I imagined, I never thought these things in my life. But in my spirit, I believe that the, that, that, that the Holy Spirit spoke to me very clearly and this is what the words were. "This is a holy moment with my daughter leave and come back in an hour." And so I left. I mean, it was powerful to hear the very first things that, that, that I remember about my wife aren't it's not even the introductions. Again, you know, I, I don't remember those introductions that we had beforehand. the first real crystal memory that I have of my, my wife is, is this moment where God said, it's his daughter. It's a holy moment with him, this intimacy with him. So I left and I came back about an hour later.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And obviously that day, um, I don't think either of us knew we were meeting. I didn't know I was meeting my future husband. He didn't know he was meeting, meeting his future wife. Um, but it is, yeah. So that, that day, um, I remember thinking that day we had, I had just come off um, an eight-day silent retreat and um, had this like unbelievable, really face-to-face encounter with, with God, just a heavenly, powerful, supernatural encounter with Jesus and um, like heaven came down in a way that I can't even explain or describe, but that's really where I, I deeply like surrendered my life fully and fell in love with Jesus. And I was coming off. Um, so I was on that silent retreat actually to heal a broken heart. I had just come out of a really painful, uh, breakup, um, that, you know, to say the least, I didn't handle very well. And, uh, you know, had you know, to be completely transparent i had a pretty major mental breakdown about it. Um, but I, but, and it, it was at the time, you know, um, just believing a lot of like that, that maybe that was the guy I was supposed to marry and all of that. And when that breakup happened, um, I'm so thankful because it led me on a journey to kind of get to the root of some things that needed to be healed before I was really ready for marriage. And I was on that silent retreat to heal that, um, my heart and really led me down a road of confession and repentance, which obviously led me to fully surrendering my life. And on that retreat, the Lord in his kindness opened my eyes to see that I had an idolization of marriage and that I had an idolization of guys of these relationships. And, you know, it all started out with a good intent. Mark knows this, I, you know, I'm a hopeless romantic. I always wanted to be married. I grew up seeing people in my hometown, small town, getting married pretty young. Um, you know, my, mar- my parents met when they were 12, um, got married, um, you know, in college still. Um my sister same thing. A, a lot of people, you know, back then back then they're like uh there was still back in like, the olden that, days. <laughs> no, I guess it's not. That. but but there was still like you know people marrying their high school sweethearts. I definitely had a distorted view of um love and relationships. It definitely wasn't about God's love back then, and so um you know I had a lot of unhealthy views um of you know and my identity was wrapped up in needing um that and so I was always in a serious relationship. I'm not going to lie, I usually um, thought I was in love and thought I was going to marry that person, um, but um, they ended up not being healthy relationships. And so obviously I wasn't following Jesus at the time. Mark can share his journey as well to me, but I wasn't, um, I wasn't, uh, I, w- I called myself a Christian and I went to church and I believed but I wasn't walking out, um, that life. My life didn't look like that. It looked more like the world. And a lot of that came from, yeah. And just making bad choices and mistakes in those relationships which causes, which caused a lot of, um, shame and pain. And it did lead to some depression and anxiety because of some of that was my own sin. And some of that was, um, just from trauma I hadn't dealt with, if that makes sense. Right. And so anyway, so all that to say is on that journey of like, I had just had this surrender moment. I'm coming off of that. I am not looking at this point on that silent retreat. I remember having a moment on this bench with, with Jesus and just, he wasn't, I just felt he was there just in the spirit kind of thing. Like he's sitting on the bench with me. And I remember like looking at him, um, and being like, I'm okay, Jesus, if it's just you and me. I'm okay if I never get married. And that was such a breakthrough moment. I felt like that was the Holy Spirit because I'm like, that is so not me and my flesh. Like that's what I've wanted more than anything. And now I feel like, no, I'm okay if it's just you and me, Jesus. I just want to, I want to be in full-time ministry. I just want to tell people about Jesus. I was just, I was in the same place, the most intimate like place I'd ever been with Jesus. And so I was like, I am not looking to date. I'm not looking to marry. Like I need to get healthy. I need to focus on my relationship with the Lord. And it's funny that I surrender all that and I come back and I'm praying. The only reason I was at that church praying was because of all that had happened on that eight day silent retreat and all the healing. And so I meet Mark and I remember we didn't talk about each other at all. All we talked about, we were just so passionate about the Bible and God. May I say
1: something? Yes. So, yeah. so I, I didn't say earlier, but, but I was in a similar place where I, I had the most intimacy I'd ever had with, with, with God up until that point in my life. Like Jesus and I were, were, I mean, I was getting up in the morning and just spending so much time just reading and praying and really just, just pressing into Him mm-hmm. um, and then surrounding myself with people who were just godly people pouring into my life. Um, so I think when that moment happened where, you know, I truly believe that the Spirit spoke to me about Julie, I was, I was connected to God in a way that just, I can't even describe how connected I was. Um, and, and, and I wasn't looking to fulfill. You know, there was some, some stuff. I'll, I'll try to make it brief. But mm-hmm. there were some things, you know, I, I wanted to be married too. And it wasn't happening. There were people that I liked that didn't like me and vice versa. And, and I, I just had surrendered that moment. I said, you know what? If I'm just supposed to live a life devoted to you, God, I'm okay being able to just drop everything and go where you call me to go. I don't have a wife. I don't have kids. I remember literally thinking that. And then I think a week or two later, you and I met mm-hmm. again as friends. Yes. There was you and I, I think I even told you at one point, um, you were looking for some help with, she was looking for volunteers to help with the youth ministry. And I I literally said to her, okay, but as long as you know, we can't ever date because I'm not getting married <laughs> because yeah. I really believe full heartedly that I was sold out to Jesus that much.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. But how did that it, affect you?
0: Well, no. And that's what I needed to hear because I said, oh, I'm not, I'm not looking to date. Like I'm, this is just friendship. I just really needed a volunteer. Like we always joke. It wasn't love at first sight. <laughs> so funny. Like it wasn't, it wasn't love at first sight. Like I, when I met or had that conversation at the church, when I was praying and we ran into, into each other and all we did was talk about God and the Bible. And like, I was just in awe of like, wow, that man, he's like the real deal. Um, he is, wow, he really um, loves the Lord and I just like, I was kind of in awe of that but there wasn't like a, it wasn't like an instant like I wasn't looking at him in that way. So it wasn't like an instant physical attraction or like, I, I wanna date this guy. And on, obviously, I again, to be honest, I wasn't over the last relationship. I was still healing that. And I needed to be fully honest about that. And so when he said that, I was like, oh, that's okay. I'm still healing this breakup. I'm not looking to date. And so then it felt like it was, it was safe to just be friends. And uh, honestly, I think that is the best way to start a relationship because we weren't trying to get anything from each other and we were just authentically real because we really didn't believe that this would turn into something. So there was no games or anything of all that kind of messiness with dating, especially nowadays. And so it was so, it just felt like so free of like, yeah, we, and so then we just started hanging out and, and, you know, the Lord, um, led us to realize, um, you know, after a month or two, yeah. Of being like we, close friends. We
1: realized. Yeah. And, and so, so obviously we're married now we've married for, for a decade and a half plus, but, um, the, the relationship, it was, it was intimate and close with each other because we were bonded and, and committed to Christ. Mm-hmm. And when we got married, that's when the, I mean, we, we were working the whole time toward, uh, uh, being married. Once we decided we were going to get married, mm-hmm. but when we got married, I mean, we were hit with some pretty hard things pretty quickly. Um, And I think you've got questions that we're going to go into with about that, but like we just wanted to lay the foundation that, you know, we started our relationship really completely sold out and focused on we love Jesus. And then Mm -hmm. it became, okay, now we're committed to each other, each other in Christ. It was, it was a completely sold out, We're uniting together because Christ is drawing us
0: together. Yeah. And before I go into our marriage part, I really want to encourage all of you, if you're listening, if you're single, if you're dating, uh, again, um, we took different roads that led to each other eventually. But, um, you know, from what I've learned, like I would encourage all of you that the most important relationship when you're single to focus on is your relationship with God is is getting, and getting real and raw, like, do I really, do I really love Jesus, why or why not, or what's holding me back from fully surrendering, and working on yourself, and working on that, to prepare yourself, to become the man or woman you need to be, to be able to love with God's love for marriage, because marriage is hard, and it is tough, and you need that foundation of Christ in the middle, and again, those relationships, God protected me, from those other relationships because Christ wasn't, you know, always at the center of those or if it was, it wasn't, I wasn't, um, I was putting other people worshiping man over God. And that's not healthy in a relationship to worship anyone or put anyone on a pedestal. And also, um, you know, and so I needed to really work on my relationship with Jesus, fall in love with him and be filled up with the Holy Spirit, be filled up with his love so that I had that love to pour out, like I had something to give, um, that was more of that God's love and not something selfishly that was trying to get. And so anyway, so going into marriage, um, also what was grounded in, in that date, once we started dating, um, it was, uh, rooted in prayer as well. I, I know people have different opinion on that of praying with each other, opposite sex, but we were, we were, um, it was grounded. I mean, we were just real and raw about where we were and we really wanted To make sure this was from the lord and we did feel like it was a divine like this was god's choice for us for each other and we were praying with our friends with each other we were seeking wise counsel we were getting premarital counsel we were doing the work to make sure um this again was from the lord was best okay work out some of those things we need to work out before we went into marriage yeah so so
1: so if you're married or you're thinking about getting married um we're, we're gonna we're only going to ask a few questions. I mean, I think, yeah. I think we, yes. we could, we could literally do this for hours and hours. So, so we love we'll, talking we'll, we'll about try marriage. to, we'll try to keep our, our, our answers, um, kind of concise, sure. but, mm-hmm. but, but, but I mean, I don't know, maybe we'll have to expand on it and do another one of these in the future. Yeah.
0: yeah uh, and uh, again, we love marriage. We, so we me, believe me, marriage me, matters. Yeah, so, and, um, Mark, this is for you. Okay. No. Oh, no. First I'll person. answer too. Okay. Does,
1: this is this is I love this. She's, she's my wife, so she's a, a guest and the host. <laughs> so,
0: does marriage hinder your relationship with God? Do you believe that marriage hinders your relationship with God? I,
1: I absolutely do not believe that marriage hinders my relationship with Him. Um, if anything, it shows me how uh, if I'm not filled up with Him if I'm not filled up with His Word and His Spirit and surrounded and and, my identity is in Him, then I have nothing really to give to you. My selfishness comes out, my anger, my frustrations, the world will wear me down. Mm -hmm. Um, Somebody once told us, I think it was, was that in premarital counseling? Somebody told us that um, marriage is like this beautiful treasure box, that you've never seen anything more beautiful in your life and you're in awe of it and then you open it up and it's completely empty mm-hmm. and and the question is why is it empty well it's it's because just because it looked good on the outside when you get married there's nothing there you you have to pour in intimacy romance vulnerability uh, all, all of all of the the things that that make a marriage mm-hmm. go inside that 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 aren't they don't exist unless you consciously pour them in. So that that's yes. what I would say. And and the only way that I know how to do that is by having a relationship that's close with Christ so that so that you and I can can pour those things in.
0: Mhm. Yes. What do you think, Julie? Well,
1: do do, well, do, do just, you want to share No, about? I just
0: I just had one thought on that. Uh I remember when we were first married, we were in a small group. We were reading through a book called uh Sacred Marriage. Um, I'll put that in the in the notes. But um, I remember in that book, there was um, he the author wrote something about that if you want to be free to serve Jesus, like you just want to be free to go and do whatever you need to. You want to go on the mission field. You want to do this and that, and you just free to like serve Jesus as much as you want. Stay single and don't get married. But if, he said in the book, if you want to become more like Jesus, get married. And he was saying, because like, you're looking in a mirror, like at your sin and those things that are broken that, you know, your ugly sides of yourself. And it was, it's a very, it's hard and painful, and messy sometimes, but it's the sanctification of becoming more like Jesus. That marriage actually helps you become more like Jesus. Now, now some people are called to celibacy to be single, but it, I would say it's a very few that more so that I think, um, again, marriage, uh, Gerard and Jeannie Long talked about it, uh, that what a beautiful picture of, um, the marriage of loving your spouse, of choosing to love your spouse with unconditional love, that that is just the the most beautiful, uh, symbolism of just the, the love of Christ for the church and in, in marriage. And so this is a beautiful gift from God. So it's from God, marriage, God loves marriage. It's from him. And, and so, I, want,
1: I want to share this verse too. uh, so, so um, this is a, a popular verse, at least, at least in the, the, the communities that I've been a part of, uh, Jeremiah 29, and then verse 11 is the popular verse, right? For I, for the, I know the plans, and the reason I, th- I share this is because people tend to hang on this on verse 11 of this chapter, so Jeremiah 29, 11. As if it's like, okay, I've got it, and then they stop there. But if you read past Jeremiah 29:11, mm-hmm. I think that kind of gives you a more full picture of what marriage and intimacy is like. So it says, "For the I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for uh, your welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Which is great, right? But if you stop there, you miss this part. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me, and you will find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. That is probably the, the, the best way I can encapsulate, like he has plans for you. He brought Julie and I together, but if I just stop there, then I miss this whole part about come to me, I'll, I will be found by you. I will, mm-hmm. I will you, I, I w-. It's like a promise that he, he says, I want that relationship. I don't just want to give you something good. I want a relationship mm-hmm. with you. And that's the same thing with marriage.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah. I love, I love that verse. I always love that. That second part. Um, again, it, it, again, like when things are going wrong in marriage, like where you go back to is like, I got to go back to getting realigned with God. I got to go back to like, am I seeking him with all my heart? Am I, um, turning to him? Am I crying out to him? Am I inviting him into that pain in our marriage? You know, am I, um, lamenting with him? You know, am I, am I, uh, again, my first response to, um, to walk out that passage and seek him. And I know also one other verse, like when we were first married and um, in dating, that we were, you know, really one of our favorites. I think it started out as your favorite, and then I took it on too is Philippians 4 8, which says, um, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So I love that verse of like, again, um, if there isn't peace in your marriage or peace in your life, you know, to go back and how do you get peace? Well, this verse tells us, how do we get peace? How do we keep the peace in our home? How do we keep the peace in our families and our marriages? Well, to think on those things that to renew our mind in Christ and to think on the things of God that are excellent and praiseworthy, but also not just about um, you know whatever is pure and true, but also for uh, thinking those things about each other. Right. Thinking about that as your spouse, like thinking point. the best of each other. Thinking like, oh wow, my husband is lovely and pure and honest and 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 praying those things. Mm-hmm. If we don't see them, praying that in and and believing that, even if they're not always showing that. Yeah.
1: You know, there, there was a time. This is this is a little bit of a tangent, but not too much, because I think financial issues are, are are a big problem in a lot of marriages. It's mm-hmm. one of the number one causes of of of, of strife in a marriage. But th- there was a time. You know, we we struggled with finances in our marriage. But there was a time. Do you remember this? When she doesn't know I'm going to say this too, by the way. Do you remember the time we 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 were we were pretty much we were just angry with each other because we were having financial problems, and then we sat down and we. We went through and we really looked at money and we said, like, wait a second, what's going on here? Like, you're not spending extra and I'm not spending extra, but what's going on? Like, there seemed to be something else. And in that moment, we recognized that there was something spiritual going on and we ended up going and getting help and saying, like, what's going on? We need to break these things off Mm -hmm. because she's not to blame i'm not to blame like we had responsibility in it but but there was something else going on and do you remember that i mean i don't remember exactly yes. i mean the outcome was was a good outcome because we oh, ended yeah. up becoming closer more intimate and it became mm-hmm. a oh it's not your fault and it's not your fault yeah it's it's together we get to work on this and recognize that there's an issue that that god is bringing up in us
0: yeah, absolutely, yeah, and I think, yeah, and we were just trying to get to the root of it, because yeah. we were confused, and we did feel like, yeah, we felt like we were trying, looking at each other and was like, wait, let's look at the real enemy. There is yep. There was spiritual warfare, there was spiritual attack, I felt like through, through finances, that has been an area where the enemy has tried to come after us, which leads me to my next question for okay. <laughs> you, um, and for all of you listening, how does Satan attack our marriage? How do we resist Satan's attack on our marriage? Hmm.
1: Well, I would say first off, he definitely, you know, we have an enemy as Christians. Again, the way that we started up our whole relationship was focused on Christ. So immediately, you know, people have said to us numerous times when you are are, are Christians and you're getting married mm-hmm. and you're focused on having a marriage united in Christ, you paint a big target on your back mm-hmm. for the enemy. And now I'm not talking about the world or friends or people who are going to cause division or whatever. I'm talking about the enemy of the entire earth of every human being who belongs to Christ. And that's the devil. It's Satan himself. Mm. He is our enemy and he wants to not only hurt people in marriage. He wants to destroy marriage itself. He hates the idea of marriage Mm -hmm. and he wants to destroy it because God loves it Mm -hmm. and he creates it for good purposes to bring people closer to him. So, I will say that uh, I've completely forgotten the question other than it was about Satan. I just wanted to kind of clarify that there is an enemy and it's real. What was the question? Yes, well, uh,
0: the question was, how does Satan attack our marriage? How do we resist Satan's attack on our marriage? Mm. Again, I think he, again, takes it off, like just brings deception and makes you believe your spouse is your enemy. And um, it also takes you out of the word, out of prayer. Because I know in our marriage, if I look back, and I see some of the patterns of some of the good seasons where we were thriving and we were just so close and intimate with Jesus and with each other. Okay, well, we were practicing the spiritual disciplines. Mm -hmm. We were in the word um, on our own and together. We were doing whatever, journaling. We were praying. We were um, seeking God in our private time, not just corporately. We were doing those things um, and then when I look back, there were seasons where, you know, you get, you become parents, you have kids, you get tired, you go, you know, you, you stop doing those spiritual disciplines or you get, you know, kind of just, it gets, you know, you're fine. And then you, or again, it's not that we stopped being in the word or praying, but even praying for each other or with each other. There was a season where I'm like, we have stopped doing these things together. We were doing them separately. And I think there was, yeah, just, we weren't unified and there was There was a real, uh, we went through a really dark season. Um, when we,
1: before you say that, before you get into this, I think this, this leads me to, uh, it makes me think, and I, I think I shared, I wanted to, 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 uh, share this with people as well. Nobody gets married, um, because they kind of like each other. They think it's like, eh, it's all right. You get married because you're, you've got the, the, the love and the hope and the goodness, and you're happy and joyful Mm -hmm. and all those things. Right. So what happens? I, I believe what happens is is what you're going to get into. Mm-hmm. There there is there is there is this slow erosion away mm-hmm. of of all those good things. And and coming back to that, that's why Philippians four is such a good passage because if you keep remembering the good things, uh, Psalm one forty five is another one. If you want to remember the good things that God has done just for your own intimacy, read through Psalm one forty five. It is all about what God has done in this world mm-hmm. to bless us. Uh, so
0: go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so there, again, we went through a dark season. We've gone through different hard seasons in different ways, but we went through a really dark season, Mm -hmm. um, really a crisis season when we lived in California. Um, the kids were a lot younger. Um, we have two girls, they're a lot younger and, um, there was a lot going on just with our both of our health and different things and, um, stresses on life. Um, work, work stresses for Mark, financial stresses. There was some postpartum depression I was dealing with, with, um, I, it was more of like had a baby and a toddler kind of stage and, um, and, and just living where we lived. Um, we were struggling financially Mm -hmm. because we were living in an area where we really couldn't afford the life there. And, um, we were just feeling stuck and trapped and, um, you know, then it becomes like there was blame and, and, um, Hard things and hurtful things um, said, and we slowly and it, just stopped liking, li- it, stopped loving, and liking and it, each other. And it
1: lasted for a, long a time. couple of years. I yeah, would say, yeah, really. It wasn't like a like a month, and then it no. got better. It was, it was we endured. Yeah. And we, we had,
0: thankfully we had friends walking with us that we were open and honest with both of us. But, um, we went where we did get to a point where we both wanted to give up on our marriage. If we were completely honest, like, and that was kind of a humbling experience because uh, for me, who had studied marriage and family therapy, who was very passionate about marriage, I kind of had a lot of pride that, like, I would never think of divorce. Honestly, if I was honest, if, and, and that, would, that was not in my vocab, that was not in your vocab, like, you would, you would experience that as a child coming from a family, mm-hmm. um, where parents got divorced, and we were like, we don't want that, and yet, here we are, the enemy slowly got to us, and we were both tempted to literally be like, I'm done. Yeah, and I there was the, a time the, where we both were like, lie, I don't want to be married to you yeah, anymore. The,
1: the lie is it's easier to just give up. Mm-hmm. I will say coming out of it, it is not easier to give up because what we have experienced now, we can look back on those times and and there are times when we look back and we kind of just laugh and think like, gosh, we were we, yeah. were, we were, we were fooling ourselves.
0: Yeah. And you know, here's the thing, if you're listening and you've gone through um, a divorce or whatever, you know, you've gone through a painful experience. I've walked with different friends that different stories and horrific reasons why it led to that. There's always redemption and grace right. and, and we, you know, we'll hopefully in the season have at least one couple on to talk about that redemption of going through of going through a divorce and then the Lord redeeming it um, in a new, you know a new relationship, new marriage and, um, and what that looks like and how you walk that out, you know, because we live, I mean, we live in a world of, yeah, there's brokenness and sin and things, but, but I, but we had, we were at a crossroads and we had a choice to which path were we going to go on. And thankfully by the grace of God, I'm thankful that Mark and I were both humble enough to say, we are not in a good place and we need help Mm -hmm. and we need to be real and we were in different leadership and ministry positions at the time, and we chose to do the right thing and step down from those positions. We actually had a marriage um, mentoring couple that um, I actually, it'll be a surprise, but I hope they will be on here during the season, But uh, and they have an amazing book, but I'm not going to talk about that right now, but they met with us, and they they were amazing through this. We met with yeah, uh, counselors, pastoral counselors, a therapist. I mean, we met with a handful of, of, of wise um, counselors, or they had wise counsel for us. But this marriage, um, this these marriage mentors, this couple, Danny and Amy, um, were amazing through that. They really, I think, helped save our marriage. Yeah, because but,
1: but why were they so good? Because they had walked through it themselves and <laughs> yes. said, we're on the other side, yes. now we can help you. that's what we're saying
0: and they encouraged us to say hey you know we love working with couples that are in leadership and ministry and this might hurt but we feel like you need to step down to focus on your marriage and get it healthy and healed and we were like no we agree we will do that immediately and they were like amazed that we were like no okay we're stepping down from everything and i had realized that some of my coping mechanism which was because I was working in ministry was sometimes to run into ministry and actually to do more work out of the home and then not put the first ministry of marriage and my kids first. And so it was like, no, I need to come back home and get my you know, home healthy. I can't help anyone else if I can't do this. So that was great. But what I encourage all of you, if you're listening is, um, that do not stay alone in that. If you are listening and you are in a crisis situation, like the greatest thing you can do is to seek help, to seek to trusted people, people that you feel safe with that you can be real. I know it can be hard. I mean, we had things that were hurtful and, um, things that we said to each other, um, that we had to forgive, which leads me to the next question. Our last question. And then we'll wrap up. We all make mistakes. Are there any keys to forgiveness? Um, that is essential to keep our heart from hardening. Mm
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know that the, the thing that we have, uh, I think the problem gosh, I'm trying to think of how to, how to go about this. The core of what has, has, has kind of kept our marriage from totally going off and derailing is that you, you and I both apologize to each other and we take responsibility and we say, we're sorry and we come back to that place of, of humility and that we're, we, we, you, we may have arguments where, where we're trying to, to prove our point or whatever, but at the end of the day, we come back and we say, I'm sorry, that wasn't the way I wanted it to come out. Please forgive me. Mm-hmm. And then we usually end up having some of the most intimate and sweetest conversations. Mm-hmm. Or it'll bring something up in our marriage that neither of us were even aware of, right? Mm-hmm. Like Julie will say this thing and I'll be like oh, that's why it triggered me, because that reminds me of something from my past, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been I'm, numerous times where that's happened, at least with me, where, where yeah. you said something to me, and I go like, oh, the root cause, it goes <laughs> back to my identity, and who, who am I? Well, if I'm not rooted in Jesus, then I get mad. I get angry, I get upset, yeah. I get frustrated. But it's not Julie's fault. Yeah, It's something that God is working on me personally with, and he's using my wife to do that. And that's why I say it's a humble position.
0: Well, and the thing is, again, we make, everyone makes mistakes. Like we, again, we have said, I'm not going to lie. We have said very hurtful things and i you know, sometimes or done hurtful things. Um, but we look beyond that behavior, those action, and we see each other's heart. Mm-hmm. We see that our heart is not to hurt. It's not malicious. It's not, um, to, hurt or harm the person Now our heart is good um but yeah they can we can get triggered from some wounding or certain scars there are certain things that get triggered still but what i love about mark and i again it's you have to recognize if there's pride in you or pride in your marriage in any way if there's a spirit of pride and you have to be able to be like "Ooh, this is about my pride and i gotta humble myself and be like it's not about being right you know that was another book was that in the same book I think that's the same book, Sacred Marriage, where he says, it's more important to be righteous than right. Right. Or I've heard that quote And, and we had times. another
1: friend of ours, um, John Marshall, shared that. Yeah. He, says, you, you, he was talking about kids at the time, and he said, he said, do you want your kids to do the right thing? And, of course, everybody says, yeah, of course we want. And he goes, okay, mm-hmm. well, do you want them to do the right thing or the righteous thing? Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because that kind mm-hmm. of goes into marriage, too.
0: Yeah. You and- know,
1: do you want to be right? Or righteous mm-hmm. yeah. yeah
0: and again when you are okay you okay so I was trying to be right in that. okay well now you you know you ask the Lord to convict your heart and I believe we both have repentant hearts so I believe we have the Spirit of Christ living in us the Holy Spirit to convict us and be like you know what that was about my pride you know what I was trying to be right in that argument and to say it and it's you know it sometimes takes us longer than others to get to that place of healthy humility of like I'm sorry Please forgive me. But both people have to be willing to do that. It can't be just one. Spouse, It has to be both. And I think what Mark, what helps Mark and I is we are self-aware. We have learner's heart. We want to be better. We want to grow. So we're always doing the work. Like we're always, okay, Lord, help me get to the root of why is this keep happening? Why is this pattern in our marriage keep happening? Why is this cycle? Let's get to the root of it. Um, and let's get help. And what kind of help do we need? You know, is this a spiritual issue? Is this a mental, psychological issue? Is this a physiological issue or biological? Or is it a
1: circumstance outside Certainly. of our marriage? Yes. That we don't have any control over, but how do we react to it in our marriage? Yes. Right? So that we're not making it an issue in our marriage.
0: Yeah. And so just being honest and saying so, and the more you can do that on a regular basis, then you can prepare and protect yourself from getting to a place of crisis or danger where you are on the brink of divorce. And so, again, um, keeping Christ at the center is huge. And, you know, again, the keys to forgiveness again, saying sorry, admitting where you're wrong, taking accountability. Um, for your mistakes. Um, but also pro- doing and, the work and,
1: and processing through, like, don't just, don't just say, I'm sorry. And think that everything's okay. Mm-hmm. Usually the conversations that I'm talking about where we have these amazing times, uh, afterward, they start with, I'm sorry. And then it's a three hour conversation mm-hmm. as we process through it.
0: And also, you know, we recognize like, okay, sometimes what's going on in our relationship is really a, uh, a symbol of what's going on in our relationship with god oh you know what i need to get realigned with god you know Mm -hmm. i need to get back in the word more i need to whatever those spiritual disciplines are that help you to stay in the right mind to stay rooted in christ to stay grounded in the word and so remembering that again there's grace you get off okay we got off that's okay and so i'm thankful that we have chosen to stay married, chosen to choose each other, to choose to love, even when it was hard and painful, even when our flesh was failing us and our feelings and emotions were telling us a very different thing. Remember that, if you're listening, your emotions, your feelings, they matter and they're real, but they they can lie to you and your circumstances can lie to you and fear is a liar. And so that can cause you to make choices out of that. And so you have to remember, go back to the truth and remember the truth because all of those things can really distort your view of your marriage and each other to make a choice that really isn't going to be easier that the right thing to yeah, do. So
1: I share something else about that mm-hmm. too. I think the other part of this too is, is that you, you, at least I can do this. and I think you, you can, you can share it. I think this is pretty general that people will make excuses for why they can't do it. They don't have enough time or they need to go to work and you know the finances are this or that and and you find all these reasons why you can't spend the time working on your marriage Mm -hmm. which is a big reason why our friends the couple that urged us or well they didn't really urge us they just suggested i think you should step down from from all the leadership roles um it, it becomes a distraction and you're not giving your best self i don't give my best self when i'm trying to do something but there's there's tension in my marriage So saying, I don't have enough time, that kind of excuse. I mean, it, 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 it never, it never benefits Mm -hmm. you the time. I mean, we've had time just recently. We've had times where we've been up till crazy hours, two, three in the morning, you know, we'll wake up in the middle of the night or one of us can't sleep. And, and we'll just be talking through things that are going on specific Mm -hmm. things and we'll just process. And then we realize even though. We didn't get as much sleep as we wanted. I mean, you, you go to sleep at 2 or 3 in the morning, I mean, you're tired. Um, but it's been an energizing, weirdly energizing yeah. to just go through that and be like, you know what, I, I would gladly sacrifice my sleep mm-hmm. to have intimate time with my wife. Not, yeah. I'm not talking about sexually. I'm, I'm talking about just this intimate heart-to-heart conversation mm-hmm. where we're going through things and we're just mm-hmm. we're, we're connected to each other.
0: Yeah, and I would just say like... That is the thing, that beauty that's come out of some of our painful experiences, whether outside of our control or whether in our marriage or just circumstances in life, traumatic things that we have gone through in our marriage or in our family, um, that it, the beauty of it and the joy of suffering is that it has brought us closer mm-hmm. to each other and it's brought us closer to Jesus. That it is really in the darkness that the light shines. And in the darkness, is those are the times where I'm like, man, I just felt so close to Jesus and I felt just his grace abound the more especially when I felt at my lowest or my weakest or just my brokenness and so that is the gift there is a gift and there is a a purpose in suffering in marriage and I've seen that and I've seen that we wouldn't be who we are today if we hadn't gone through some of those those painful things Um, and so I want to leave I want to end on one of my favorite verses this verse we actually read at our wedding or um, well, had a friend read it, and it's one of my favorites. It's one of the first I actually memorized when I started mm. memorizing scriptures. I don't think um, I knew that. Yeah, in my uh, <laughs> I just l-
1: literally today, seventeen yes. years later, I just realized. Well, didn't realize that.
0: I guess in my early in my twenties, huh. like I mean, I memorized wow. scripture as a kid, but in my early twenties, I think my friend <laughs> Lindsay and I, when I first moved to Los Angeles, this was and or first started really studying the Word and, um, and and learning how to memorize scripture. So Colossians three twelve Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So I just want to end with that verse um, and that just remembering again about those things. I mean, that verse really teaches us everything we need to know for the foundations of marriage as well and to be grateful for each other grateful for our marriage
1: and and look at the framing of that it's celebratory right Mm -hmm. it's not oh you're going to go through these things and it's going to be hard and you're going to wish that you just would at the end it's like no this is a good thing yes and that's the frame that you need to come into marriage it's good it's good god has it planned for you Mm -hmm. for good things
0: and i think the you know again remembering marriage can show i mean you can't hide like some your ugliness of like they see the ugliness and i mean that's the beauty of like to see the grace just see grace in human form through oh my goodness mark has seen me at my worst my ugliest things that That easily (laughs) easily the enemy could put shame and guilt and be like how could i ever be loved after this. And yet he still chooses to love me because he sees the good in me. He sees my heart. He sees who I really am, who God's created me to be. And he speaks that into me. And I speak that into him and we get each other back to where we know who we are. And again, that allows us to forgive and to let go and to move on, even though it's like, oh my goodness, he, you know, yeah, that was pretty embarrassing, but Hey, look, but it's
1: embarrassing. <laughs> me it's not embarrassing or to her right it's it's not embarrassing Mm -hmm. to the whole world we're not showing that because because it's 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 usually not meant for anybody other than the two of us to be Mm -hmm. to be again god is using that because we we we, i truly believe you know husband and wife become one flesh that's what the bible says Mm -hmm. there is something that paul even says it's mysterious the way that this thing happens I've talked to numerous people who were dating and then they get married. And again, people who are focused on on loving Jesus and they all have said the same thing. Yeah, when we got married, it changed. Something was different. Mm-hmm. There was a lifelong bond spiritually that happens. So when when either of us are affected by it, it's like, we, we, you just kind of know, like she calls me up and I say, how are you doing? And she says, fine. I'm like, oh, I can, one syllable. And you could probably do the same thing for me. One syllable mm-hmm. of what she says, and cue me into like, hmm, something's not okay here. Let's either go into it or maybe I know something's wrong and I'm like, oh, I better, it's, it's going to become something mm-hmm. we need to work
0: on. Yeah, and to keep communicating with each other. Never stop communicating um, and working through those things and talking it out. And then when you get to a place where you get stuck and you can't talk those things out, that's when you need to bring in a third party. That's mm-hmm. when you need to bring in someone to help you um, in your marriage. We all need that at <laughs> how times. How often does that
1: happen? <sighs> I cannot even count how many times we've been like. I got, I don't know what to do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And that's why we're not meant to do this life alone. And we're meant to, um, reach out to the body of Christ for help when we need it. And, um, and to know that, that, that is a strength to ask for help, not a weakness. And so, um, I hope that I want to, I hope that some of what we've shared in our story has been helpful or encouraging, or offered some insights or wisdom that whatever you're going through in your life, whatever stage you're in. And so I wanna um, tell you all um, and ask you and invite you in um, that I've mentioned before, that to join us for our first Marriage Matters Zoom group that Mark and I will be leading on Saturday mornings um, that we would love for you to come and be a part of, just to, to again, to find community and connection and comfort, and be encouraged, and prayed for, and get some more teachings, and just go deeper with some of the things we've been sharing um, throughout the weeks, some of the um, teachings that Gerard and Jeannie have been teaching um, through the podcast, we will be going deeper in the Zoom group. We would love for you to join us and pray about that, if that is, is what you're supposed to do in this season. Um, you can email me at julie at awakening to God.org for more information on that. Again, We'd love to have you and we will tell you all the details of when we're starting and um, what that's going to look like and got a whole exciting um, plan for that. So uh, we're going to end now and just want you to know I'm excited for next week. You will be hearing again from Gerard and Jeannie Long as they continue the Marriage Matters series and they are going to be talking about a love that never runs out as they continue to share with us more ways that you can triumph in marriage. So we invite you to continue to listen and I'm excited to hear what they are going to talk about. So we'll see you next week.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Oh yeah. Thanks for being on Mark. (laughs) Thanks for being my guest today. That was fun. I love it. It was a little longer, but I hope everyone um, enjoyed um, uh, hearing from us. It was fun to get to share some of our story. So we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the ATG Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends. And remember, you can always find more helpful resources at our website, awakeningtogod.org. We'd also love to invite you to our Marriage Matters Zoom group, which goes even deeper, offering more connection, community, and comfort. You can email me for more details and the link to the group at julie at awakeningtogod.org. And as always, I am so grateful for you listening to this podcast, and I hope you have a blessed day.